The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. So Georgia did it again. Another national championship. Is it good for business? Yep. Is it good for Georgia? Yep. Do we know what we're talking about? Not really. So we got Hudson Mason here, ex-Georgia quarterback, to talk about what the heck Georgia did right and what it looks like for the next couple of years. All that and more today on the Marketing Mad Men. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the Marketing Mad Men with Nick Constantino and Trip Joe. All right, welcome to the Marketing Mad Men radio show and podcast. Nick Constantino here with Trip Job, and we have a very special guest with us. Uh, before I introduce our special guest, let's just talk about what is the University of Georgia athletic program and football team and two national championships, just the IT program right now. Kirby Smart, what he's done. I mean, Stetson Bennett. I mean, the storylines are endless here. Um, and because we are, I am a Yankee and completely unqualified to talk about this conversation, uh, I am bringing in Mr. Mr. Hudson Mason, ex-UGA quarterback, um, ex-Marietta star, football star, (laughs) ex-many things, and current radio host on 6A The Fan, um, calls games for for ESPN. Um, I mean, this this guy's done it all, and there's no better person to speak on behalf of the Georgia program. So, Hudson, welcome, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. So, so just talk about it, man. Let's get into it. Talk about your time with the program with Mark Richt, what he set up for Kirby, and what Georgia has done to make themselves the pinnacle of the SEC, which is the pinnacle of college football, which is really the pinnacle of all collegiate sports. Yeah, I think if you ask a lot of coaches and media members that uh, the era in which Coach Rick was there, um, I think a lot of people felt like Georgia was a sleeping giant uh, and that um, – it was always a a uh, a team with the recruiting, the fertile recruiting ground, being in the state of Georgia, the passionate fan base, the resources. It was always that we were always that kind of that program that was a really good program, but was just struggled to take that next step. And and a lot really of people, that last step, yeah, that last step, yeah, the most important one uh, to win that national championship. And so, um, obviously, they move on. They decide to you know, go after Kirby Smart, and it uh, paid dividends because he was going to go to South Carolina. And um, the, Greg McGarity, the athletic director at the time, had to make a really tough decision. I mean, shoot, when they fired Mark Richt, he had won 10 games. Uh, it's, it was not a, a program in a rebuild. It was not a program in a bad state by any right. means. And so I think one of the things, uh, a main contributing reason as to why Georgia was able to have success much quicker than a lot of other programs when you go through a coaching change is that Coach Rick left it in a very healthy – it was a healthy spot. It was in a healthy position. Um, You see programs like Tennessee when Jeremy Pruitt took over, Florida right now under Billy Napier. I mean, they're low on scholarship limits. um, Georgia was never that. They didn't have NCAA sanctions. They they weren't in trouble with the NCAA. It was a healthy position, and a lot of credit uh, goes to Mark Rick because yeah. well, he was I a think great coach. You think about it. We talk about it a lot, whether it's business marketing, but I think it's the same thing in the business of sports is, one, you need to have realistic expectations. The expectations were to compete for a national title. Yep. Then you have to have the strategy of are you going to get there or not. Mm-hmm. And to your point, it was a tough decision. 
but it sounds like you know Greg McGarity made the de- uh, decision that we're probably not going to get there today. Yep. So yes, we have realistic expectations. So he made a move, no doubt. All right, and the other I think other schools either have unrealistic expectations or don't know when to make those strategic decisions no doubt anything about the timing of it all would greg mcgarity have made that same decision if if kirby was not on the move to south carolina it just made so much sense you're bringing kirby back home where he graduated from where his wife graduated from and so it just was the timing of all of it and i think you have to admire the 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 decision that Greg Greg made because it was a very tough one. Um, nobody's more maybe iconic and synonymous with the University of Georgia than Mark Richt and uh, loved the man to death. He is a he is what you see is what you get. I mean, when you get to know him personally, you understand how much harder of a decision it, it even was. And boy, I don't envy that one from Greg McGarity because um, and and then the way Coach Rick has always handled it has been such first class. But I think everybody close to the program knew that that. The program just needed that extra, just little special sauce or that yeah. special, that little and, bit and of... you see it on the sidelines, yeah. the, fi- the fire, that, that little kick over the edge. And, you yeah. know, one of the things I've seen, and, and, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think in the past couple of weeks even, uh, the love for Mark Richt has been showed. I think the media has started to show yeah. it. They're starting to say, I've seen a lot of like, yeah. hey, you know, give Curdy the credit, but this was Mark Richt's team that he took over exactly like yeah. you said in that state. And I've also seen, you know, the College Football Hall of Fame, all the new accolades, um, you know, for a wonderful man. I've had the chance of meeting him also. And I, I think the same thing, you know, just his class. I think he's, you know, there's sometimes where Kirby can come across a little crass. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, some people have heard the pregame speeches, perhaps, <laughs> yeah. uh, which as a Yankee, I appreciate. Don't get me wrong here. But, but you, know, um, you know, how much do you think just the boom of Georgia as a whole, as a state, as an economic powerhouse, I mean, how much do you think that has to do with it? I mean, seeing Kemp call the dogs and, mm-hmm. and closing schools, I mean, it seems like the timing just set itself up perfectly um, for this rise. And I also don't think that this rise is going anywhere. I think that you're on a straight upward trajectory yeah. so talk a little bit about the future um and 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 why you think this kind of perfect storm hit as it's the new it team i mean they don't talk about alabama in that sense they talk about georgia right now because of kirby's age there's such a long runway in my opinion for georgia's window mm-hmm. i mean kirby's won two national titles at 47 years old nick saban didn't win his first one until he's 51 so as long as kirby has that stamina and can handle the grind I mean, this window for Georgia is wide open, and Kirby is so motivated. I don't think he's going anywhere. Everybody kind of links him to the NFL. Kirby does not strike me as an NFL guy. I think he really enjoys recruiting. I think he enjoys building guys 18 to 21 years old. Uh, And so he is home. I don't think you have to worry about him going anywhere. Um, And so, you know, studies have been shown, too, that uh, and they did this with Alabama during their heyday. And, and I just read an article this morning about Georgia and how the success of the football program from a national standpoint has boosted their enrollment. And there is a direct correlation to yep. your football team having success on a national stage and 18-year-old uh, students, guys and girls yeah. across the country watching you on national television and going, man, that looks like a fun school to yeah. go to. TCU, that looks, TCU yeah. is the example TCU, right now. Yeah. TCU is good. I mean, I've heard they're, they're recruiting the heavily in Georgia, and that now that that playoff appearance, even though like, look, I, I don't. Did they show up on the field? I didn't. I, I watched, but I couldn't see them on the <laughs> yeah. field for some odd reason. Yeah. Um, but but I agree with that. And yeah. I think yeah. look that that connection I think is more pronounced, especially in the South. I think as you get up north oh. and some schools that you know you talk about the University of Michigan, it's our D budget is five billion dollars. That's like a yeah. hundred times the size of the football program. But in some of these southern yeah. schools that haven't had 
much time to develop yeah. out. Those football programs are ungodly important, and, and yeah. I agree with that. What about, I'll ask real fast, Kirby's uh, development of assistant coaches? Because one of the knocks yeah. against Saban, man, he yelled these guys, but no one was able to beat him until Kirby yeah. came along. So in your, from what you know, and, and talk about Rick a little, were they developing the next level of talent in case they do leave? You talking about right now with Kirby's staff? Oh, yeah. Did yeah. Rick do it? Is Kirby doing it? Is that happening? And I'm just curious. Yeah, I think Kirby absolutely. I think that's part of being a head coach or maybe a, even a business owner in real life is when you're the CEO of a business like Kirby is for Georgia football, you have to always be thinking about uh, attracting but also retaining top talent, cool. right? And um, good to hear. I think it's a. I think it speaks volumes to. Um, not only producing players, but producing coaches, much like we think about, hey, coach, players want to go somewhere to get developed, to yeah. go on and accomplish their dreams. Well, coaches want to do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, the next, the next young coordinator out there is looking and he's going, you know where I want to go? I want to go to Georgia because Kirby right now is producing Dan Lanning's. He's producing Mel Tucker's, and those guys are head coaches. So that, that mindset yeah. for players is the same way for coaches. Yeah, and, and it seems like he's willing to bring in some talent, Munkin and others, while mm-hmm. also having those who run deep, yep. you know, well, yeah, Muffin and others to the organization. So it's not just, hey, Kirby's guys only. Yeah. He's getting that diversity yeah. of thought, which I think that truly shows you he's comfortable with who he is and who the expectations are. And George is not chasing anyone. And you talk no, about yeah. it every day. You see a lot of schools out there, they're always trying to chase someone else versus yep. understanding who they are. He's a master motivator. I mean, shoot, he had this team this year convinced that people pro- uh, projected him to go 7-5. and five. And that's if that's not gaslighting, I don't know <laughs> what is. You heard, you heard Herb Street say yeah, it. He yeah, didn't say motivator. He said manipulator yeah. in the middle that's, of the broadcast. And five, Kirby manipulates yeah. the kids. I was like, whoa, yeah. now, the line between manipulation and motivation is a yeah. very thin yeah. line. But I was like, whoa, man, this is national TV yeah. and the team that's number about to win the national yeah. championship. And they believed it. I, I, I've heard it mentioned several times. I mean, I just can't believe that he can convince these kids that they were – uh, significantly overlooked. I mean, they, they were a top four team to win the national championship this year. Yeah, they lost a lot on defense, but uh, Nolan Smith after the natty was like, "Yeah, y'all didn't believe in us. Y'all picked us to go seven and five. And I'm like, seven and five. Well, you read Nobody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it just speaks to his ab- ability to motivate year oh, yeah. in and year out. And see it. I think the best example <laughs> yeah. is Vlad McConkey. I mean, for, yeah. if you would have ever said that that guy was going to be as impactful as it was, I mean, right. Kirby had that guy thinking he was a six foot nine, yeah. four two forty guy every day, and the guy, the kid went out and played like he was. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. So unbelievable. Well, curious. Um, obviously, you are out. You you go around the country and call other games. Yeah. But because you're Georgia background, what do you hear when you're with these other programs? I mean, what what's the comments about Georgia? What what do you hear from the other side of the field, so to speak? I think what separates Georgia right now and Alabama, Ohio State, you can put very few uh, the top five programs in college football in this class is the resources, mm-hmm. and I think that's why a lot of people felt like Georgia uh, was a sleeping giant before Kirby got there. Is there's very few teams, and I get to see this up close and in person. Uh, there's very few programs with the resources that Georgia has. And in college football, resources are everything. That's why you're seeing such a such a, um, a a gap in the college football world right now between uh, really the the top couple teams and everybody else, uh, the power structure because of name, image, and likeness and, yeah. and money. Um, some teams have twenty million to give players. Some have one million, and the teams with twenty million are going to attract the top yeah. talent. So it's just the resources. And when Kirby got to Georgia, they immediately started spending more in recruiting. They got the helicopter for him to go around and recruit. All those things equate to winning. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I wonder, like, 
So if that case is proven, we know that. Why isn't Georgia Tech pulling a, a billion dollars out of their endowment to go to go invest in these things? Why aren't these schools, if it's so proven and so clear that you see that correlation, why aren't they doing more? There are rich states. I mean, New York State can do whatever they want. You don't see a New York school investing in this stuff. You don't see Rutgers and Jersey yeah. investing in these things. If the path is so clear, why don't more schools do it? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't know exactly what Tech's financial situation is. Are they in debt? Mm-hmm. Can they afford to spend that much money? I, I don't know, but... I do think one of the things that um, I wouldn't say hurts tech, it's an intim- it's intimidating in the recruiting process is how great but also how tough their academics are. Um, I have had certain players and coaches over there tell me that when you come to a place like Georgia Tech, Duke, Stanford, you know you're getting a top education, right? right. Sometimes, though, that how tough it can be academically as a student athlete almost turns guys off because they're thinking, will I be able to balance both? Right. And, and maybe a guy doesn't want to be an engineer. Can can a student athlete get another degree at a place like Georgia Tech or some other school? Um, if you go to Purdue, can you get another education besides an aviation degree? Right. Like right. Um, and I think sometimes that plays a larger role in getting the top players, getting the top players equates to winning more. Uh, so there's a lot of factors like that. I'm, I called the bowl game for Duke and um, Duke, a very pr- prominent. We, you guys know all everybody knows academic uh school and we talked about that with recruiting is just what's the balance between like hey you get a good education here but also not using that and intimidating players to go elsewhere because school might be so hard on them yeah that that intimidates them but now with the transfer port on so easy those schools you would think tech especially could use that to their advantage to get the last two years of eligibility someone goes somewhere else yeah you know gets their degree but is able to you know finish up and then come in and maybe get a a Mm -hmm. master's degree maybe a little easier you know and get that one or two years of eligibility i don't know whether that's a strategy yet or not but uh, i think you've seen some of that even under jeff collins he a couple years they recruited really well in the portal there's just so many factors that going in that go into winning and um shoot i work with a tech guy every day and joe hamilton and i think he's more eager and ready than anybody to for them to get it figured out but uh hopefully not too quickly and georgia can keep uh keep dominating i don't think there's too much to worry about this time right now but uh but you know it it, it is cool i mean look tech is in the bit one of the biggest cities in america center of the city it's got its own appeal and its own allure and we know the economic we know the the prowess educational prowess of that school so i think everybody picks a lane i think it's great that georgia picked their lane uh but you know georgia like you said i mean you're talking a a top 15 public institution now 20 years ago that wasn't even remotely near the case and and to see how they've been able to balance that act and again the south is growing georgia's growing but um, it has been quite an experience well Hudson, thank you, bud. We appreciate yeah. it. Congrats on your success. Congrats on the success of the team. Uh, and we will talk soon, bud. Appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. All right. Thanks, appreciate Hudson. It. Don't miss the 10 for $10 produce sale this week at Safeway. Get select produce like large Haas avocados, mangoes, cucumbers, large lemons, green, red, or yellow bell peppers, or 16-ounce bags of Signature Farms baby peeled carrots for only a dollar each. Also this week at Safeway, select meats or buy one, get one free. Get items like Signature Farms 80% lean ground beef or 16-ounce containers of Jenny O 93% lean ground turkey, burger patties or Italian-style or taco-style ground turkey. Buy one, get one free. Visit Safeway.com for more great deals. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Well, that was uh, – I appreciate, Hudson, you being uh, on with us. And, uh, you know, as we're uh, t- 
talking about Georgia and I think uh, excellence. Yeah, so um, so happy so to have that conversation. So, such a one to be able to have a guy so involved in the process previously and still. And again, for those who don't know, he didn't. He started for Georgia six, seven, eight years ago. I mean, this yeah. wasn't decades ago. So talking about Mark Richt and that personal relationship, I mean, that is everything in college football. And I think. You know, I, I didn't I didn't see it coming, but the correlation back to coaching and business and mentorship, um, uh, that that segment was more than I thought it was going to be. It was that was awesome. That, oh, I think absolutely. that is a, it was a great thing. So, uh, what were we supposed to be talking about now? <laughs> I'm kind of distracted. Well, I think we're um, you know I think one place to take it is how hot sports marketing is. All right, yeah. and so right now. Look, if, if you were part of the Georgia bandwagon, if you've been a sponsor, okay, it's been easy. You know, you ride you ride the wave. Okay, it's been easy but, until you get that bill that is increased <laughs> substantially year after year yeah. after year, and and what Kirby will do for you decreases year after year after year. So I don't know if it's been easy, easy but yes. right. But right now you're getting you're getting the awareness, you're getting the opportunity. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about some of the benefits. Um, you know, and no, look, not everyone is going to be able to be. You know, align with Georgia, an official sponsor, or tie it into some of their programs. Um, and, and same thing with the Atlanta Braves and the radio network. Not everyone's going to be able to tie in, maybe on a huge frequency, but maybe there's other ways. And yeah. um, I mean, shoot, Nick, you've you've been doing this for years. Um, ways to to tap in. How can you look at sports and sports marketing as part of um, you know helping your business? Yeah. Well. It, it comes to the same thing. Be clear of your expectations. Be clear of your goals. What are you trying to accomplish, right? Because yep. one of the biggest growing parts of sports marketing has nothing to do with Georgia or the pros. It's it's youth football and, and youth athletics and youth baseball because, you know, one, it's it's pure at heart, if you will. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. Um, uh, but you're reaching parents. You're reaching people in their community. You're investing money. Um, so, you know, maybe that's your lane. Maybe you're a local yeah. company that wants to be involved and have that more charitable good. You know, when you get up to even collegiate level, even high school level, uh, calling a charity is, a, is is not really accurate. Uh, it's not charity at that point. You're giving money to profit-driven yeah. companies, to the high schools. Yes, the supporting programs, but it is. But it's real and if you know your audience. And so, you know, in the break, Hudson and I were talking because he's a Lassiter and my kids were Roswell, and uh, so I said, "Yeah, don't uh, don't hold that against me, because uh, you know the uh, the competition." But you know, Lasseter had huge um, you know programs having sponsors, local businesses, yeah. and Roswell did as well. And look, you know, in that part of the Roswell East Cobb area, and you got Pope th- thrown in there as well. You've got a lot of businesses who decide, you know what, we're going to support all of them because we see this as a, a community. Um, and they might have one they are a little higher level on, yeah. but they decide that look, this is a community and this is the target rich environment, and so we're going to support, you know, football, baseball, basketball, and that's that's key for them, and that's their way of doing sports marketing because they can't because, afford to be on the Braves. Yeah, and I think this is where clear communication comes in. You know, what are your goals? Don't expect that somebody is going to know what you're trying to accomplish, right? Don't give two winks and think they're going to know yeah. that you're not really being altruistic and you have expectations. Have those conversations. That is the biggest thing I've learned from my music sponsorship days. And where this really comes the most important is, you know, the example of a, a food provider in a stadium or a beverage provider in the stadium. Like, look, the Braves don't handle the food and beverage, right? Delaware North does. Yeah. So if you expect that via your sponsorship, you want a certain thing, if you're not clear on it, you're not going to get, get it. it. Uh, and 
not only that, but you can't even really put it in contract because there are legalities about certain placements and using marketing. So, you know, I think the thing about sports marketing is it's really – Yes, if you want to do a local level deal and you want to get involved with, uh, you know, the local AAA affiliate, the AA affiliate, you know, it's fine. Use it. You ten percent. We'll test out the waters. Yep. But the higher up the food, the higher up the food chain you go, you need help because those deals are not easy to negotiate. How you lose use an intellectual property? Yeah. Um, I never saw myself as a intellectual property guy, uh, but I am. I am pulled into a million directions to yeah. explain to people use of marks. And 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 look, one of the reasons is. You know, lawyers need to get paid their hourly rate and they pick things apart and they write purposely ambiguous contracts uh, to either protect a party or, you know, just to do what lawyers do. So the higher up the chain you go, the longer the contract gets, make sure. Make sure that when you're using influencers, yep. that the deliverables are clearly etched out and that the payment is not fully vetted until you use X said deliverables. Um, you know, I think all yeah. those are important things. It's things we've covered before, yeah. but as this, we get into the swing of things, they're all important for yeah. your sports market. And I'm going to use Hudson's comment about the Georgia and that Georgia really understood where they were and they weren't chasing anyone else. And I think that's what I see a lot of times. Um, and I look, I remember once... Uh, you know, back in my building materials days, and we had our Northeast market that looked at a competitor who had, you know, they had their logo on the boards for the Rangers in Madison Square Garden. And the sales team's view was, we need to do that. We need to do that. And they, because they were always chasing it. And I think that's what we see sometimes in sports marketing, whether it's the local sports, yeah. uh, high school sports, college sports, whatever. Understand, is that going to get you anything? Just because some, someone may be doing it because they got a deal years ago. They may be doing it because, you know, maybe they had family that worked for, for the business. It, it may not fit their market. Don't chase your competitors in the area of sports. I think that's that's a place that I've seen just a lot of money wasted. Yeah, and, and I think – you know, part of that chasing is don't spend all of your money on the sponsorship and then forget to build the content strategy or activate around it. And that has been oh. the biggest change in the industry. And that has been probably the most, the biggest success I've had in my career is explaining like, look, you know, ultimately the number of people who engage in these things is so small. If you don't have a content strategy to get it out to the masses, then you're missing out on a huge opportunity, right? I mean, oh. there are people out there that, hey, I'm a diehard Georgia fan. What's the quarterback's name? Oh, I don't know his name, but I watch every game. Like, it's just, it's not always the P1s. It's not always, and, and that's part of, like, look, we, I'm in sports marketing. So this realm is so, so, so part, such a part of my day yeah. that I almost expect everybody to watch sports. My wife has never turned on a game in her entire life. She has never turned on a game. And she yeah. has as much influence over our household budget or more than I do. So what are you doing to get that sports marketing message to the masses and what are you doing to build that content strategy around the assets in which you have and that could be on any level and i love the the idea of uh the you know the experiential and how do you really make it happen you know several weeks back we had um the conquer agency on and you know they were talking about look they do work with um what is it the uh, rsm mcgladry classic down in st simon's and you know i've had a lot of experience over the years doing golf events for clients and you know you're a sponsor but the key is it's not just the tickets. Yeah. Right. What else? And it's not, hey, look, we never could afford to do the pro-am. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But, you know, you can get maybe tickets. You know, sometimes if, hey, if we do this, can we get four tickets for that, uh, you know, 45-minute uh, lesson that, you know, um, uh, Kuchar is going to do? Sure. Right. And because guess what? That's an event with about 150 people. So, you know, they, you can probably get four tickets thrown in. And guess what? 
being there in, in 150 people and have Matt Kuchar, you know, give this hour lesson, that's huge yeah. for the clients you bring in. And there's other events like yeah, and, that and that aren't the big ones. But that's a great point. But what I'm trying to say also is, like, make sure that if you are the sponsor in which engage in that activity – Make sure that content is you videotape the content and yes. you break it into pieces and you say, hey, you didn't win this year, FOMO, oh. but you can win next year. And, yep. and that's what's really changed is, is that it used to be just showing up was enough. Now oh. it's how do you build these plans, long-term plans with what you have to get value because the price to do business with a sponsor, with a sports yes. team, with a person has, got, has skyrocketed because oh. there's six agents involved. Then there's the clearinghouse. Then there's this. Then there's that. So – Smart marketers are building longer strategies. You know, a great example. The NIL space is a great example. Yeah. And and you know, in in upcoming, I think we're going to have an NIL guy here who's going to yeah. bring us some great information of just how important contracts are, but how important duration is. Like yeah. these kids, they they don't look at this. They don't know what their likeness is worth now. So what do they look at? It is how much time is it going to take me? Well, if you have two pages of copy and they just record a bunch of, of voice work. You can use it forever. Sign a two-year deal to use the voice work. Well, now all of a sudden, that's a different value proposition than having a pro athlete show up for 10 minutes at an event. So I think that that's where the big change is. That's something we're really spearheading at, at, at 6A of the fan. I'm, I'm proud of it. I think that you know one of the advantages we have is you know people like Hudson is a great example. Hudson wants to be here. You know yeah. why Hudson wants to be here? Because he has dreams of being calling ESPN Game of the Week, CBS, 330 games. And how do you get that? Reps. Yeah. Why do we do this show? Reps. Yeah. You got to get the practice in. If you're so good that you get it automatically, you're already in your position. You don't need to be listening to us. But like most people, you need the reps in. So I think as we uh, the, the space continues to grow, I think Georgia is a great example of the highest peak you could be at. But I also think, look, Georgia Tech is a hell of an institution. And, and we joked about it. But, you know, you don't just sponsor a school because of the program. You sponsor a school because of the prestige of the school. And, you know, there's a lot more people. If you look at, I think, Forbes at their top 50, under 30, I think there were eight Georgia Tech people in the whole country, eight out of 50 from Georgia Tech University. Wow. Right? So I'm not saying sponsor the school is going to draw that affiliation. But what I am saying is be clear in your intentions, sponsor for the right reasons, yep. have the right inputs, and expect the right outputs. If you do those things, much, much, much easier said than done. I believe that you can be successful with really any market form of marketing. Yeah, and you know, I think that that ties into an interesting article I saw about um, you know brand loyalty. And you know, there's there's data, there's studies every year about that. Because what you're talking about is making sure that your brand connects you you know with your market and you've got that loyal uh, audience that's what you want to have and you want to have much like you know Hudson said that uh, you know he thinks that Kirby's loyal to Georgia that's where he wants to be and you know in this study that um, uh, it's from brand keys that they do it every year they've doing, done it for 26 years um, they actually have what they call hero brands and these are brands that have shown up um, here's just a list of some of them that have shown up uh, for 10 or more years but uh, discover card which is interesting but the brand loyalty of their audience they don't serve everybody but yep. google domino's duncan Konica minolta that was a surprising one but guess what they've been in the golf world so their target niche market you know that's that's how people see them um amazon home depot you know those are some of the ones that have the long list um but new ones that are showing as top customer loyalty uh corona yeah disney plus aquafina trader joe's yeah um 
Yeah, that, that's, but again, that's, that's that's two things. One, I, we talk about lifestyle, right? Yep. And it's hard to imagine Amazon being a lifestyle, but like if you're an Amazon guy, you're an Amazon guy. Yeah. You have the Echo in your house. You're, you know, you probably know about web services. You're you're an Amazon guy, and that's like the old thing. It was PC versus Mac, right? Yeah. You're a PC guy or you're a Mac guy. Now, if you trace back history, ironically, Microsoft Excel was actually made for, by Microsoft for Mac to begin with, and Gates and, and Jobs were, were buddies and just kind of parted ways. So the history is fascinating. Yeah. But but that's kind of the new Android versus Apple, right? You know, everyone that's an Apple guy thinks, who would use an Android? Everyone that uses Android would be like, oh, those stuffy Apple people. I mean, man, I, I don't know if they intended to do that, but that's what, what wow. If you build hatred from somebody who doesn't use your product, product. talk about brand loyalty. Um, and it's really hard to change that. And I think... You know, going back to the, the conversation with Conquer, you know, he was he brought up a really good point that I never thought about. If you get into somebody's back end and you have their analytics and you set up predictive analytics, it's really hard for them to leave you as an agency. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Like, who wants to go through changing over insurances or checking account or mortgages, the paperwork, the logistics? And I know that the the, the current providers say they're going to help. They're not helping you. You're yeah. leaving them. So, you know, I think that brand loyalty, um, I think it's going to be questioned. I think one of the things people are doing now is they're looking at their balance, credit card sheets and seeing all the recurring charges. And I think one of the things that we've seen, these people are very shady in their business practices. Like, you know, I'll give you an example, and this is not to call out. I think Masterclass is a great tool. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's not my style. It's very right. long-winded, and it's you have to watch a lot, and like, I just don't have time to watch these courses. Like, my life every day is yeah. coming to work as a course. But my wife bought me a subscription, and it made me put a credit card into a subscription she bought me because they want to ding you and recur you without you right. knowing that they do. And that, exactly. is, that is honestly like, Honestly, I canceled. I can't. I canceled, yeah, and I will never use them again because it's underhanded. If your product is that good, I should be renewing. You shouldn't stick me for it. Now they were kind enough to send out a reminder. Most people don't. don't. They were kind enough to send out a reminder, but at the same time. It probably went to my promotions inbox, which I probably check once every five days because it's so bombarded. Um, so you know, I. I Brand loyalty is one of those things that I think is going to change dramatically. I also think that the list you explained, most of those people are big advertisers. No question. All, and even Konica Minolto, they're a niche B2B advertiser. Just because you see it doesn't mean they don't invest heavily in it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they put money out in a lot of different places. So Yeah, no so uh, the correlation between brand loyalty and marketing uh, is unbelievable. And I think anybody that argues that needs to re-look at this list again and think if you're really loyal to a brand, you probably don't perceive you're seeing as many advertisements as you are because it's very well blended into your content because you are that loyal. Yeah. Hey, so one of the other things, we're talking about sports, we're talking about marketing, and and we've talked about how to try to avoid the oopsies. Well, one of the oopsies, and and granted, it's the first year, but um, Amazon Prime, of course, had the Thursday night package, and they didn't hit the numbers they promised all their advertisers. So, you know, they're in the, the spot of either refunding money or doing makeup you know, placements for um, their ads. But what would you say, Nick, in, in your time, how, ways to ne- either negotiate to make sure that you're covered? Yeah. When you do that 10% experiment, right? Yeah. Um, you want to be covered. I mean, at the end of the day, I think everyone who is on Amazon, they're going to be okay because Amazon's got a long-term view on this. But 
to your other point, some have underhanded business practices. How do you mitigate that risk if yeah. you're putting money out? It's a good question. It, it was called posting traditionally in, in radio and TV where you, you're doing your upfront. Um, and because the rating systems are delayed in that medium, if you miss certain numbers, you'd have to remake up those numbers. So it's not an unheard practice. What I'm more surprised is that Amazon didn't apply a CPM model because a CPM model, you're really paying for everything that runs anyway. So they yeah. looked at it as more like linear TV, which again is just showing, you know, when these digital behemoths all pretend that they are do, inventing, reinventing the wheel, but they're just going back to old practices. Um, you know, I, I think it's good for Amazon to be upfront and clear about that. I think Amazon knows in the end of the day that they're going to grow the property and their ambitions are much higher than just Thursday Night Football. Um, but you know what? You cannot control matchups, right? No oh. one thought that Russell Wilson would be as bad as he was on that Denver team. And how do you control that? You know, that's the same thing in our first couple of years of doing events. We'd get upset when it would rain and we're like, oh, we owe the clients a refund. No, they, they know the risk mm-hmm. of rain. It hasn't changed. Like, you know, X amount of days of average of rain, if you look over a hundred year period, probably comes pretty close yeah. to the average every year. You know that there's a chance it's going to rain. It's part of the cost of doing business. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think they're going to try to make a bigger deal about it, but I think there's so much out of your control in sports that Amazon did the right thing by acting quickly. And I think that they are in the meeting with Roger Goodell in the NFL right now. So you better fix those matchups next year. And I think that, you know, they might even have more leverage than Fox or CBS does because the future is streaming, not linear TV. And if Amazon decides that that was not a bad experiment, they're going to drop the overall value of those props. And that's not what they want to do. Right. And uh, I think it's going to be real interesting because they do have a challenge. They want to you know, the NFL wants to make it a level playing field and, and on Thursdays, but uh, level playing field doesn't necessarily match up to uh, excitement and interest level. So uh, they have to, to really think through that. So, you know, while we're on the kind of the, the sports topic, um, what are things, uh, you know, right now, what do you, what do you see as we, we get into 2023? What are uh, what are some of the hot things or the maybe the underserved areas that you see uh, coming up? Yeah, I think the, the the play back to the community is, is building those integrated programs that highlight community activity via the teams are going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at, um, you know, every night, heritage nights and, you know, all these different things and university nights, those are the things that are really going to be sponsored yep. because those are things you can expand, right? If the Braves do an Auburn night and you're the sponsor, then you reach out to Auburn alumni and, and data really helps there, right? Because you, I mean, you can get so granular data that you can reach a certain set with messaging. So I think data is going to continue to be huge. Um, I, I do think that the big leagues are going to continue to grow and you're going to see some smaller leagues struggle a little bit um, and, and they're going to kind of drop prices. I think the market will readjust itself. Um, I mean, look, there's an article that came out yesterday that said 63% the, the 63% of the wealth in the world is now to the 1%. I mean, it, it, unfortunately, it's yeah. going to be the same in sports, right? Those big leagues with the SEC expanding, I mean, what 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 is the Sunbelt Conference going to do? Right? right, there's no chance they're ever getting into the bowl. Like I'm telling you right now, there's no chance it's happening. So, do they deserve to be charging the premiums they do? Um, so, you know, I think that I think that the, the the valuations will normalize, but the top ones will start getting more, and I think the companies will start asking for more out of them. I think, you know, right now it's a lot of, um, you know, we say it in radio, it's take buy your commercials and just be done with it. I don't think that's going to work. I think that there's going to be more asked of players and appearances right. and and all that stuff. And you know, I've seen some of the contracts with these teams. Um, you know, they're they're not they're never going to be desperate for business, but their business practices have changed a lot over the past couple of years, yeah. a lot. Well, and I think uh, is I think each of the different um, 
you know, kind of sports are seeing what some of the others are doing, and I think they're breaking ground. And, and maybe uh, we'll we'll hit that a little bit in the last segment. But you know, I mean, MLB has obviously been way behind in a lot of areas, and I think they've seen what uh, the NFL and other, you know, the NBA and others have done, and they're finally starting to uh, to explore. And so that, uh, as you said, that may create new opportunities, or it may create. Um, bad negotiations, bad contracts <laughs> because yeah. they're the last end of the game. L- but, MLB's but, in a tough spot. MLB okay. is, is is trying hard to get younger while yeah. they're trying to reach older, right? Like Because I always say the Masters model. Like There's yeah. not a lot of people that watch the Masters in yeah. scale, in perspective to everything else, but the amount of money that they drive in sponsorship yeah. because of who they're going after. So MLB has the capability to do yeah. that. They reach a very affluent crowd, but the game is trying so desperately to get younger right. that that advertising's in an identity crisis. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll hit that when we come back from the break. Uh, you are listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Nick Constantino here uh, talking about sports today and, um, you know, what's going on in the industry and how does that affect marketing and you know, we were we we're kind of talking a little bit about how um, you know Major League Baseball is probably in last place, following uh, what uh, the NBA and NFL have done, and really, you know, created multiple channels, I guess, you know, of ways to to reach out to customers. And so, um, you know, as you think about that, um, and you think about what else may be happening, you know, what does this mean to the audience? What does it mean to potential? Uh, you know, sponsors and advertisers. Um, you know, I think my guess is MLB is getting closer and closer to, uh, you know, trying to have that uh, real dynamic subscription. And is what does that mean to uh, someone who's advertising? Yeah, you can't understate the value of the first-party data. Yeah. And, and we always talk about this, but ultimately the currency is money change for advertisement. But how much data Amazon gets on those people watching on their platform. Could you imagine you have a whole audience profile of everything you've bought yeah. with AI running literally in the web making a picture of who you are. Now you're watching television and it's serving ads based on this whole demand. What if it was serving you only Amazon products? We haven't yeah. seen the tip of the iceberg of what they're gonna do. So as these companies push to digital, yes, they're saying it's convenient. They don't care about you. They yeah. care about you as the data commodity in which now they own your data. Yeah, Not I only- mean, why does why does Facebook have one game a month of baseball, right? It drove me crazy, but they had it to be able to lock in on you. It's 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 really that simple. You are the data commodity. There is if we really want to fix privacy, and we really want to. There's very simple ways to do this, right? Okay, so we're going to go down a rabbit hole yeah. here. Okay, so let's start with the first one. Uh, how about the max duration of your terms and conditions is two pages? If you, if you think anyone's reading 38 pages, honestly, these people should be ashamed of themselves because yeah. it's not even you can read it. It doesn't even make sense. It's purposely ambiguous to throw somebody off. And where is the governmental governing body that's supposed to say this is ridiculous? Because you're yeah. signing your life away that this data can be exchanged however they want to, and they are building these portfolios of you. You want to fix privacy? Yeah. Fix those contracts. So when I when I look at it, I actually read it and not just click a button. Right. Because it is and it's a worthless process because you read it. There's an arbitration clause anyway, so yes. you can't even sue anybody. So if we really want to fix that, if you have come to terms with the fact that you are being used as a commodity and your data is being exchanged and your audience profile is there, then watch on Amazon and understand that you yeah. will be hyper served. Things in, in which it sees. Be aware of advertising. Right. It, it is meant 
if they know who you are and they're serving you ads, there is value there, okay? But just know that capitalism and marketing are built to sell you crap that you don't need. That is what it is all built for. I do it for a living, I'll be honest, but companies exist in business. This is capitalism. Yeah. They exist to sell you stuff to make you think you want stuff or need stuff that you actually want. So as it develops, that digital footprint that you leave is going to be what dictates where people put their media rights and their advertising dollars, and it's going to get creepier. I, I promise yeah. you it's going to get creepier. I'm sorry I ask. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's turn it to uh, maybe a little more, a little more fun with uh, sports and marketing um, you know, what do you see? What do you see coming up for um, you know the season this year? Let's let's talk about uh, you know baseball and um, and Braves. I mean, what do you think? Are there going to be new things out there that um, are going to be interesting to you know the viewers and the advertisers? Yeah, they're going to try to cut down on inventory because they're trying to speed the games up. There'll be clocks that are speeding the game up. You're not going to be allowed to do as many shifts, which is going to be very interesting. Uh, I grew to love the shift. Honestly, I think that that strategy of watching a team adjust their whole thing and having a hitter try to hit against it is awesome. Um, but they're, they're, going to, they're really trying to speed the game up um, and make it more palatable. I think one of the things people don't realize is, you know, college basketball, two hours, NBA, two and a half hours. Man, baseball games could either be two and fifteen or four and a half four, hours. Yeah. Like you really don't have any control on it, and the attention span of the people in which they're trying to reach is just not built for that. So, you know, that's going to be the real trick: is is the shrinking of demand going to increase price, or is it going to decrease advertising dollars? And that's what they're going to be looking at. Because if you all of a sudden shrink your inventory and don't drive up demand on that inventory, yeah. you're in you're in, you're in problems because now all you're doing is shrinking the amount of inventory you could sell. Yeah. No, it's. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. I think the Braves are going to be fine. Obviously, like Georgia, heritage yeah. brand that has just established they, itself. They know what they who they are. And they've got their they strategy. Do. I mean, and, they also have got a phenomenal radio partner that does a hell of a job promoting them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, all right. What else uh, do we see coming on this year? I mean, it's. Um, Luckily, we have a, a non-political year. Yep. So we've got other uh, big things in sports. We got the Ryder Cup later in the yep. year. Uh, golf is, golf is a really golf is a really interesting one. Live is going to make mm-hmm. this very weird. I was told by somebody that the for the first time ever the casual golf gear, meaning somebody who, does, who doesn't even play wearing golf equipment, buying mm-hmm. clubs to go to Top Golf, has surpassed the actual weekly golfers. So oh, wow. the lifestyle has blended oh. so well. And if you look at it, Top Golf merged. Callaway bought Top Golf, but if you look at their right. sticker symbol, it is Top Golf Callaway. Top Golf got top billing over Callaway. Yeah. For a reason, so I think that that blending of golf and and just I and think it's the, be... and that's the live audience. I mean, it yeah. is truly, it is the younger get people in. To your point, you know, take an hour and a half. Don't take four hours, five hours. Get in, get out, have yeah. fun. Music. The problem playing. is with the, the problem with that is is that whenever I play nine holes, of course, the ninth hole is my best hole, and I just want to keep playing. So I, you know, again, I th- I'm probably a tweener. Half my brain says I want to be out quickly, and half yeah. my brain is, man, I don't get four hours in the woods very often. Um, but yeah, yeah, and I think like, look, L.A. has got three or four courses at night, DJ yeah. in the middle with lights under a part and a nine hole course, and honestly. How freaking cool right. is that? Yeah. How Atlanta hasn't gone to that space yet and hasn't really played up? Because Top Golf is yeah. fun, but the more you play real golf, the less that that appeals to you. It's a mat versus grass. I mean, it's just not the same thing. So I, I think, and I think that we've also got to a point where that space of, um, you know, bar bar entertainment, bar entertainment, whatever you call yeah. it, as at saturation point. I mean, on every corner now there is a 
pickleball court or indoor <laughs> golf course or top golf or this and they're so massive and require so much inventory that, that are they going to one of the reasons top golf they built their own media network yeah. they have their own advertisements running and they're doing all these things which were you, if you don't start your company with that intention mm-hmm. it's hard to implement which is one of the things but i also I, I see that blind blurring more and more between what is sports and what is entertainment blurring more and more no i think that's a great point and i think that's uh you know, again, that goes back to understanding your audience. And, um, you know, if you really know that, that's a great place that you can, you might find that there's a great intersection of sports and entertainment for your audience. And, or you might find that's not your audience. Right. You know, and so um, I can't wait. You know, maybe uh, next time I go to a Chastain concert, they'll uh, they'll have the uh, golf course also lit up and uh, the DJ and uh, I get to do two things I mean, once. how easy would it be to take whoever's playing that night, put mics throughout and get someone to play night golf while the band is playing? Yeah. I mean, again, let's go buy it. That, yeah. that honestly, I'm that's, telling you, that has, that has legs. If yeah. you can really pull that off and play golf, while you're watching one of your favorite artists, and not your favorite, because yes. you want to be in the venue for your favorite, right. or like a tertiary artist in your head. Yeah, but you got a couple of the screens. Okay, we're gonna have to cut this segment, w- uh, Flounder, because uh, we got to take this off the air. I would never I go see Matchbox Twenty in all my life, but if Matchbox was twenty while I got to play golf at night, it'd be the best yeah, day of my life. That'd be awesome. So uh, no, that, uh, that's a neat thing. So well, you know, it's been uh, it's been a fun uh, episode. Uh, I mean, obviously having Hudson here to kick it off and talk about Georgia. Thank you, Hudson. But yeah, it's uh, really appreciate your time and it just i think it shows the power and the opportunities in sports and sports marketing but think it through don't just follow because something's hot or because you have an emotional bond to it i mean look you can have an emotional bond you can want to be with the braves you want to be with yeah. georgia but emotional don't let it blind you don't let it change change the value proposition in which you need the business comes first you right. make sure you're using what you know to guide you not to make bad decisions and always ask for something Okay, even if you get the advertise, ask for something experience. Ask, you never know. If you don't ask, you may. You know, you're a not good time get to it. ask is right before you sign. Yeah, you really want to throw throw somebody for a loop as a salesperson. Right before you sign is a good time to be like, you know what? I think I need one more thing. Right. You watch how fast you get that yeah, last thing. Don't that. do it to me though. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, you've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra One Hundred Six Point Three. We'll be uh, back next week and talk to you then. Don't miss the 10 for $10 produce sale this week at Safeway. Get select produce like large Haas avocados, mangoes, cucumbers, large lemons, green, red, or yellow bell peppers, or 16-ounce bags of Signature Farms baby peeled carrots for only a dollar each. Also this week at Safeway, select meats or buy one, get one free. Get items like Signature Farms 80% lean ground beef or 16-ounce containers of Jenny O 93% lean ground turkey, burger patties or Italian-style or taco-style ground turkey. Buy one, get one free. Visit Safeway.com for more great deals. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs with Blue certified. Nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. 
Wade Ford. We are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. 